Hi, it's Joe. Hi, friends. Aislinn here. And we want to welcome you to the second half of Season 3 of Dinner Table Talks. We are so glad that you are here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. So what did you think of Joe's Movie Corner and Joe's Chicken Corner? Well, if I'm completely honest, I really didn't get the time to listen to the entire podcast, but I did really like the movie corner. And of course, talking about everything everywhere all at once. I, I thought it was fun. It was a fun, creative thing. And I'm glad to know you were doing creative things. I heard you did some other creative things while I was gone. I did. I did a big creative thing, but I'm not ready to talk about that. Okay. So maybe next week? Okay, maybe. We're coming up to the last episodes of the podcast. Yeah, we've got two episodes left in this season. How do you feel about being home? Different people have different views about getting home from a vacation. Yeah, as I got home, as I walked into the house, as I took a bath in my bathtub, and <laughs> I saw how clean and nice the house, thank you for making the home nice to come home to. You have taken care of the garden, so that has, stuff has been taken care of in terms of just keeping it watered in the summertime. I go out there, I walk through, I'm looking at all the beautiful flowers, the butterflies, I'm shaking the pear tree and pulling a fresh pear, and all of this stuff means so much to me after I just got back from Hawaii and all of the things that I just saw about their land. I think because I'm a traveler personality, and I think also because I tend to stand outside the norm in the area that I live in that I made a deal with myself a long time ago that I would go out into the world and I would visit and I would observe and I would take in that sociological perspective that I like to look at, the people watching the land, mm -hmm. watching, seeing how they do it out there. And then I would bring that vibe home with me and then I would begin to understand how I had it available to me in my home, in my space, where I am. From the beginning, it's been about bringing back ideas to where we live. Absolutely. And, and bringing back a vibe. And I'm serious about that. Do you remember when we were in Sedona and I was up on the top of a vortex praying and sending all the good vibes to us down here because it means so much to me. And so I have an appreciation for going and seeing and experiencing and being present, but being home is beautiful and happy. And I'm so, I love it. I love it here. I don't love every single decision, every single Texas policy, and every single blah, blah, blah. I don't like every single rule of the Hawaii, blah, 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 blah. But when I come home to Corpus Christi on the coast, I love my home. The first half of you being gone, mm -hmm. Savannah wasn't here. Right, right. So I kind of lingered in town uh -huh, before I came home. And I funny. saw a bunch of people. Of course, there's a question I'm running into a lot. Yeah. What's it like out there? How do you like it out there? And the answer is, I can't wait to get home. Yeah. We live in a very nice place. Why the hell nice am I here with you? Up. And then I drive away. <laughs> I peel out. It's nice to have your space, right? It's nice to have your own space. It's good to see you again. Agreed. Last night, I was like, I miss my dog. I miss my bed. I don't start thinking about being home until I'm headed home. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be home now. No homesickness? You know? No. I have actively learned how to make myself comfortable traveling and then comfortable when I come home. And with each experience that you have, as you go out into the world, you get to do more of that and you mm -hmm. learn more and you come a little bit more prepared each time that you do it. So like flying to Hawaii five hours, that's nothing seriously, but you have to know how to do it. But you also are five hours time difference when you get there. Right. I, I have a 
window open on my computer at mm-hmm. the office and the house, Hawaii to Texas time difference. Mine was on my phone was where I was. My watch went off at 2.02 in Texas every day, which I'm like a little special kid that needs a digital Timex watch. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in an ugly way. I mean that in the like most beautiful, this is the best way for me to tell time. And that stayed Texas time. This was 2.02 Texas time every day in Hawaii. And now it's going to be 2.02 in Texas forever with a little timer going off. I think I understand what you just said. <laughs> there's a time there's a time thing that occurs in Hawaii. Like time is an illusion. But when I get there, I have to get myself prepared yeah. for Oh yeah, that I told time you last difference. time I was in Hawaii, I never got it used to it. When you're dealing with that kind of adjustment and 5 hours is a big adjustment. You have to be in a place where you give yourself time to chill and relax and get ready. Like set up camp. Set up camp in Kauai. Absolutely. I've never been to Hawaii in an Airbnb kind of thing. And when we were looking at the Airbnbs in Hawaii, kitchen Mm -hmm. was on the full kitchen. Got to have a kitchen. Because I knew that I was going to want to cook some of my meals at home because I know how the island works. I know that you can get less expensive food. Well, that's how we always do it. Yeah. A buddy of mine is in Hot Springs right now. Mm -hmm. And I was going back in my memory because he was asking, what what do I do? Where do I go? Uh And he and I, best friends, way different kinds of travelers uh-huh because what we did there and this is what i had to tell him i have no suggestions for you for a restaurant we cooked every oh, no, meal you had to the... tell him about the um mescaleria that place was the bomb okay that leads me to how much drinking did you do in hawaii a little bit i had a few cocktails but nothing it was not a part of the routine mm-hmm. neither one of them were drinking and i would say i probably drank more when i went on the trip with um jessica in 2017 because i was drinking beer so i'd throw a can of coconut maui whatever beer in my backpack and i'd carry that around with me so whenever i wanted a beer i'd be sitting on the beach and i'd drink one of those beers but now i don't drink beer so it was like right. a cocktail like Nah, not that much. It was good. Okay, so here's how I imagine it went down. Because we didn't talk very much. It's like I said, I need to be present there when I'm there. Oh, I'm giving you no shit. I have invested time and money to be in Hawaii. Got it. So I'm not going to be on my phone the entire time. I'm not going to be worrying about what's going on at home. I'm going to be in the car, looking at the scenery, walking on the hiking trails, hanging out on the beaches, having meditations. I'm in Hawaii. The perfect time for us to talk, it turned out, is midnight my time, 7 (laughs) p.m. your time. But I'm up at midnight often. You are. It's true. You're a late night. I was working. Working on uh-huh. a few things. Uh-huh. Now, Savannah came home in it. Oh, yeah. And she stays up late. And I was ready to hang out with her. I haven't seen her all summer. Yeah. And yeah. she wanted to watch a couple of movies. Now, That's she didn't fun. like to watch movies together before. So I'm looking forward well, to maybe a transition she was looking forward to here. getting home. Okay. First of all, how was the Airbnb? Did it work out for you? Was it good? It was perfect. Okay. It was nothing special, but it was perfectly located. It was located right next to this really nice little market. I could also walk down to the beach and there was a perfect place where if I wanted to get in the water, there was also nice pools and hot tubs. So if I came home cold from being out in the beach stuff all day, I could go get in the hot tub. So... Perfectly located on the closest to the north side and the west side because the coast, northeast, southwest, all that stuff, that matters. Okay. So we are in perfect location. You're in a good place. Kapa'a is the place. What did you do for coffee? We created a map. You did help me out with creating a Google map because the way that we vacation, the way that I vacation is you pick out the things that you have to put on the map. Okay. We're going to do pokey bowl making class. You put the homestead, boom, on the map. We're going to do skydiving. 
boom, you put that on the map. We're going to go do paddleboarding up at Hanalei mm-hmm. Bay, boom, you what, put that on the map. What are the major you farmer's the markets? Airbnb, what are the favorite? Yeah. Where are the farmer's markets at? Where are some good places to eat? Oh, there's a farm-to-table dinner. In the past, boom, where we make are a the reservation. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. One of the things that we put on the map, because my mom was like, if we're going to go to Kauai, Kauai grows a lot of coffee. We oh, need yeah. to go to I a place where they grow co- coffee. I hope you brought me some coffee. Kauai Coffee Company at the grocery store. And that's one of the things... You hear how often how expensive the food is is in Kauai. You have to think about it like this. You're in an island, on an island in the Pacific Ocean, out in the middle of nowhere. Everything is shipped there. Mm-hmm. Except for what they produce there on the island. Right. Okay? Right. So what are you going to look for when you're trying to keep your expenses down? You're going to buy what they can produce on that island. Sure. And so that's what this entire trip was when it came to like food. Not only am I getting the local experience because I'm in Kauai and I want to get the local experience, but I'm also keeping the cost of my food manageable because I'm prepared for the idea that I understand how local production works. We've got our place. We've got our coffee. Where are the farmer's markets on the map? So we're going to hit the farmer's markets. We're going to learn what are the closest local grocery store markets. And in Kapa'a, there's a little thriving, like, vegan, healthy lifestyle stuff going on over there. Okay, so you had found that perfect spot for what you were looking for. Yeah, it's it's a little, like, I remembered it from last time. And the reason I remembered it from last time is because the Kauai Juice Company was one of the places that I loved, loved, loved while I was there. So I wanted to go stay close to that. So we went to Kauai Juice Company, like, almost every day, and we got these fresh, hydrating juice. I mean, it's all stuff grown off the land there. We're buying fresh juices. What are the major fruits I'm imagining? Every tropical fruit you can name. Every Pineapple. fruit. Yes. <laughs> Guava. We There's so much. I'm telling you. So we went straight to the farmer's market. We got some tiny little fresh zucchinis. We got some carrots. We got some mixed greens. We got avocados, papayas, mangoes, ice cream, banana, pineapple, watermelon. I mean, just all local stuff right off of the island there. Take those back. Get them situated in our Airbnb. Get ourselves all set up. We've got our coffee. coffee. Yeah. Now we fall asleep at like 5 (laughs) p.m. This is like... 10 p.m. our time. Truth be told, that isn't how I did it. I actually took the time to like... Go. I walked down to the beach. I laid out my little scarf on the beach. I watched the sunset. I walked over and laid by the pool and just kind of tried to keep myself awake and make that adjustment. But you're in Hawaii right. and the temperatures are perfect that was, and the beach is right I remember, there. I was like, uh, I'm so tired, but I want to go to the beach. So you just go fall asleep on the beach. Sure. We literally slept for three days on the beach. Lily had a little tiny cold when we got there. Mm-hmm. Airport travel, you know how all that stuff works. And that kind of led for how the trip's food part of it was. And we ate out and we had meals that we ate out and we grabbed things from Inkapa. There's this cute little Kavajai coffee shop that mm-hmm. had some like breakfast stuff and their stuff was fantastic so we'd go stand in the line with all the millennials and have the kavajai juice coffee experience you know and we even went to a like a little art walk type of thing there in kapaa so it was a perfect little place to stay what else do you stock the house with though so that you guys can cook at home we picked up some cashew nut vegan cheese because we're all like okay well why not and we're gonna we're gonna make sandwiches at home so i got in there i cooked i cooked and made all the sandwiches fantastic i sauteed the zucchini and the eggplant butter with some seasoning pepper onion these beautiful little things tomatoes whatever we made guacamole 
there was a fresh market right there. We ate at one of the little restaurants and had some bites when we first got there. But then in their shop is a gourmet like grocery store. We bought fresh Ono. Ono is Wahoo, brand new fresh Ono that we turned into ceviche, oh. which in the restaurant earlier that day, they had put dragon fruit in the sure. ceviche. And we used what we had available to match it, but stuff that had come from the farmer's market. Fantastic. So it was ceviche with the lime, the big giant fresh limes from the farmer's market, the dragon fruit cut up in there, the shishito peppers, the purple onions... And we ate on that for several days. And then after a couple of days, we run out of dragon fruit in it. And we'd add in some more papaya and some mango. And oh, we was had... Lily into all this? Oh, yeah. She ate everything because she eats mostly vegetarian mm-hmm. and shrimp and fish and stuff like that. And so I brought with me my gluten-free brioche buns. Like I literally packed them <laughs> and brought them with me to Hawaii so they... I wouldn't have to be looking for them. Did they burst in the airplane? No, they were absolutely, it was perfect. I had that available and then they went and found bread, but I had bread because I didn't want to take any chances that I wouldn't have. Think about how easy that is. Pop over the farmer's market, buy some things, come home, make sandwiches. Of course, you got to be willing to eat a little, you know, vegetarian raw fish. I mean, you know, we weren't hitting up the steakhouse, although they have beef out there and you can get grass fed beef. It's all local. Sure. It's all, if you go to any of the local restaurants, the food you're eating is local food. But rather than make a dinner, it was let's prepare it all kind of easy to eat so yeah. that we can come back, yeah. eat, whenever and it may, made go to sense. the beach and go to sleep. We had tons of fruit salads, yeah. you know, we had all of that stuff. And so we were able to really eat and just kind of make our way around and get used to the, the town. But then because today mm-hmm. that we're recording, is the day that I've literally traveled home and literally walked into the house. You got home a few hours ago. I want to make sure to say happy birthday to my mother because she celebrated her birthday today on the day home. And that's kind of a big, you know, we just had this massive trip. We're literally all exhausted. And because we were getting picked up from the airport at like 1130 p.m. last night. So like when the clock changed at midnight, my dad was like, happy birthday, you know. So happy birthday, mom. You will have already celebrated your birthday, but we had this great trip, and I'm looking forward to more adventures. Unanswered questions. I'll bring you back home right now by discussing the unanswered questions from last week, from before you even went. Oh, crap. I can't remember that. Did we have unanswered questions? What were they? I always have unanswered questions. What exactly does gazpacho mean? Okay, okay. We had that avocado, cucumber, gazpacho last week. Mm-hmm. It was called gazpacho. Did you wait? Hold on. Did you harvest anything while I was gone? By the way, did you get any cucumbers? Cucumbers, uh-huh. a few long beans, uh-huh. a lot of okra. Yeah, that went to the office and was very happily consumed. Awesome. That's good news. I scrambled four dozen eggs, I think, uh-huh. and gave them back to the chickens. They were happy about that. I had an abundance of eggs and I had nowhere to take them. <laughs> yeah. Two melons. Melon? Two melons? Yeah, I gave one to your dad <gasps> and I kept one. Were they good? Yes. Oh. And you asked me if it was, if it was green on the inside. You called yeah, that the honeydew. honeydew. Yeah. There are two small watermelons that I never pulled. Uh-huh. Go check I'll them keep out. I'll an eye on the front. those. Uh-huh. Okay, so gazpacho, is it... What, what, when you say uh, gazpacho, I think tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Me too. And if it's on the, the menu, qu- that's I what I'm I think that was the question you were getting. Is gazpacho a generic term for cold vegetable soup? Right. Or is... Gazpacho is tomato soup. Tomato. Gazpacho, according to Merriam-Webster, is a spicy soup that is usually made from chopped raw vegetables, such as tomato onion pepper and cucumber and that is served cold to me what you made is not gazpacho to me what you made I is made just gazpacho. a cold cucumber soup sans tomatoes 
Because there was onion and pepper in that soup. Was it spicy? Next time make it spicier if it wasn't spicy. The avocado smoothed it out, as you said last week. <laughs> but when good. I look up gazpacho, the recipe, uh-huh. it's, you know, these... You ate a tomato while I was gone. I you did. sent me a photo. Yeah. How was it? It was fantastic. It went on top of a salad mm. with Savannah. Yeah. These ingredients in a blender, tomato, onion, pepper. And then you could have cucumber, I suppose, to a tomato gazpacho. Well, yeah, the, any gazpacho I've had has always had cucumbers in it. Right. But it also is a tomato soup base. I do not like it when it's the thick tomato that tastes like they made it out of V8, right. can of V8. No. With like chunks of cucumber and pepper right. in it and onion. I good, want well it almost, pureed. yeah, I've had it where before where it's almost like a salsa. It's so pure. It's pureed yeah. like that kind of. Chunky. I like that. Mm. Mm, such good flavor in that What well. am I going to get that many tomatoes to do this with? Probably this fall. If things look good the way they're looking, I would love to get some water. We could, we need rain, but my tomatoes actually still look really good. So when the weather cools down, we should have some more tomatoes. Well, so our first big adventure when we finally kind of, you know, rested and got off to the races, well, we had reserved some snorkel gear and we were going to go to this one specific beach that was for snorkeling. All of a sudden I get a text at about 1130 AM. Hi, were you guys going to be coming to the poke class? Um, What time do you think you'll get here? Are you running late? And I looked at my text and I was like, oh my God, you guys, we were supposed to be there at 11 a.m. And I texted the guy back and I looked through my email and oh my, I had just made a stupid vacation error where my mind had put it at five o'clock. So this guy was super great. But I'm glad that I didn't make that mistake on a trip with you. But let me ask you this. (laughs) You're right. You are right. When you booked this lunch and I've seen the photos of it. Yes. Did you know that I was going to be completely jealous of you i figured that anybody would be completely jealous of this i oh think my and god. i know tell me this what is you your... did this was one of those events out there where i was like oh my god i ha- i almost feel like i have to just bring joe just so that we yeah, can yeah. do things like this i w- this is exactly the kind of thing i'd want to do absolutely i even told the guy when you were when he was cutting up the tuna uh. Joe would be asking you like a thousand questions right now. He'd be asking like every, he'd be like, I'll, you know. So as I was doing all of the research for the farmer's market scene to figure yeah. out what their local food sourcing scene is like, remind myself, you know, I've been there once before, but what's mm-hmm. it like? I came across a website. If you were traveling to the coastal bend region of Texas, Corpus Christi, our region, right. and you were someone like us where you look for local foods and farmer's markets and any farm to table things, you're going to come across Freedom Harvest Farms. Well, that's how I came across the homestead at Anahola. They look like they're trying to do exactly the same types of things that we're doing here mm. in Taft, Texas, on what the coast of again? Texas. It's called the Homestead at Anahola. Okay. Private farm-to-table dinner parties. Well, that's really cool. That would be a fun place to eat a nice meal. What's that all about? How much mm-hmm. does that cost? Oh, private. You only have to have two people. So I could take three. They've got this really cool homestead and all of the things they're doing out here is like tours of their little farm. Oh, pokey making class. Pokey is a Hawaiian thing. That's theirs. So what's this about? We've, we've eaten pokey on the show. We talked about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, but and I didn't know anything <laughs> about what I was getting myself into. Sure. I contact this guy online. I make a reservation. It's exactly like the same type of easy go and flow, homestead to homestead, like conversation. I show up late with a mad frantic text. I'm, we're driving as fast as we can to get to this little homestead. The guy's being super cool he's like take it easy don't drive fast be safe we pull up he's like aloha i'm so glad you're here come check out my place 
and we walk up onto a regenerative homestead in Kauai and the most lovely couple that I could have ever spent several hours of my Hawaiian vacation with. I think he told me that he had uh, five acres on his homestead. Great. He's got family land. He's Hawaiian and they are, he's, you know, bringing back his little piece of land and he's regenerating it. And he made comments about being out there for 20 years, like that tree's a 20 year old tree. We've been out here on this land for 10, 11 years, but really now I'm here. I've been here for a year. So the development we've all done together, it's in the early stages. So he's created this regenerative food forest in his backyard all around his little Kauaian home. You look back in his backyard and you look up at the mountain, like right behind. We'll, we'll show some videos on our social media or whatever, but it's like vanilla bean tree, avocado, tomato, kale, okra, grapes. I can't even think of all the things. He had everything. They had, we, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I was blown away. And every story that he would tell it sounded like me. He'd go, well, you know, we're trying to teach people that what you think it's supposed to look like in your garden is not really what it's supposed to look like. I mean, like <laughs> all the words in the regeneration side of it and how we are taking old agricultural pineapple fields where they have nothing left on them and all we have is clay here and now we're regenerating the land. If you think about what Kauai was when it first became anything on the planet Earth, It was a volcanic island, Mm -hmm. so it was volcano rock. But life grew on this volcano rock, and then it started regenerating, and it put enough life down on the land that generation after generation after generation have been able to produce food. Now we've got mountains with trees and beautiful guavas and avocados. I mean, my God, the avocados, Joe, they're everywhere. They were everywhere. It was insane. Banana trees. Are you allowed to pick the avocado that you want? Well, when you're in places that you can, certainly mm-hmm. when we were over there at, um, at the homestead, he was like, see that mango right there? I'm like, yeah, I took a picture of it. Pick it. You can take it home. It'll be ready in about three days. Oh, wow. Oh, you to know? the Airbnb. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. So we went back, you know, and ate it. So then he goes, okay, come on, let's go back over. So this is his, you know, he calls it a story tour, which I love that because he's like, I'm just going to take you on a tour and give you some stories about my homestead. Uh-huh. I told him, I was like, Kalen, I'm stealing your ideas when I get home. What you're doing here is exactly what I'm doing and want to do and want to continue to grow and do more of it. So he's like, okay, come on back over here. He's got this completely open air kitchen with this beautiful setup. And this is, this is the part where I just like, I knew you needed to be there. He opens up his ice chest and he pulls out a full 30 pound yellowfin tuna. Mm. He like lifts it up. I hold it. I look at it, I take a picture of it, I see its eyeball, you know, like mm-hmm. a tuna, Fresh. a yellowfin tuna. Mm. He goes to start cutting on it. I'm like, oh, Joe would be asking all these questions. And then he takes a spoon and he shows us this piece of meat and he starts spooning this chunk of meat out. And he's like, do you like nigiri, sashimi? Right. Yeah. The most delicious tuna I have ever put in my mouth. Is that that right? spoon meat. So then he finishes cutting that up and he gets it all ready to go. He tells us, okay, we're going to make three bowls of pokey. And he's very serious about the idea that pokey is Hawaiian. Gotcha. And there's interesting conversations about how the trend of pokey could decimate the tuna population. 
You know how we're always constantly talking about how the cultural foods were not expensive foods? Right. And they're not like these mass-produced... It's peasant food done well, it gets popular, and then... Dude, it's like, what are we going to do with all this tuna that we keep catching? Mm -hmm. Oh, we just eat tuna. We're making three different versions. The first version we're going to make, I'm going to call it the OG Pokeball. Okay. This is what we do when we come out of the water and we're starving... We scoop out the meat, we chunk it up, we put red onion, and then this like, they brought, he brought out these little bowls, like the castor bowls, and one of them had the kukui nut, I think is what it is. Okay. You know how you men wear the lays of of beads around their neck when they're in Hawaii? That's the kukui nut. Well, they ground the kukui nut up, you sprinkle the kukui nut up, you sprinkle the pink Hawaiian salt, because they grow salt in Hawaii. Okay. And then you sprinkle the seaweeds that he got from his aunties. Tiny, tiniest piece of seaweed you've ever seen. Tiny pile of it in a tiny little bowl, and you sprinkle it on top. Why so tiny? Because it's just this little flavor. He's literally in my mind. He's telling me the story of the aunties that are out on the rock on the day that the seaweed is the best flavor. They just pick the salty seaweed. It's just dirty salt water. We sprinkled it on top of our pokey. Mm -hmm. It was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. It was so insanely good. The freshness. Just the tuna. Hawaiian salt. Kukui nut. dirty water. Seaweed. Tiny pieces of seaweed. (laughs) After we tasted that, then he was like, okay, also, if you want to add your um, green onion and your purple onion, because he had us involved in the knife work. He gave us chunks of meat and he said, cut it like this. And he was very adamant about telling us how to cut it so it would look really good, like good pokey, like award winning. He goes, if you take these recipes back, and he sent me the recipes. He goes, if you take these recipes back and compete in a pokey making contest in the United States, you're going to win. <laughs> you're going to win. Y'all are still outdoors, right? We never went inside. We're mm-hmm. always out on their like porch on the outside. He's got it all set up really nice. And there's no like ridiculous insects or anything going on like that, you know. So then with the next one is the spicy pokey, which is kind of mm. the traditional. And he uses the veganaise, which there is clearly some conversation about the type of mayonnaise you use for the poke in order for it to be real poke. Okay. Because this guy was like, we use veganaise. It's safe for gluten. Look at the ingredients, read the label, you know, whatever, taste it. You like it. Yeah. We use veganaise. Use veganaise. He was serious about his recipe, you know, about that. Then we use, of course, a little squirt of sriracha. Mm. You put the pink Hawaiian salt on it again. If you want to put a little more kukui nut, still basic poke. I bet that was great fantastic all of it and each time we would get that bowl ready he'd be like okay i'm coming back with that and he would take it away like we could taste it to make sure it was you know good to go he would take it away and he'd put it in his ice chest so then he got to the third bowl he's like the third bowl is your custom bowl in fact and he brought out this he laid out all these beautiful wooden bowls he's like the first step in creating and plating your own custom poke bowl is to pick out your bowl and so of course lily got to go first you know and then i picked out a bowl mom picked out a bowl now you take this basket and he hands us a basket and he points to his food forest homestead and oh says, go collect fresh vegetables. And then his wife, who's been hanging out with us the whole time, we've been talking to her and growing this and doing this and what they all do and talking about our farm, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So she gets excited about us being there too. She brings out some freshly ground horseradish from oh. horseradish from their backyard. She also brings out an avocado, which she cuts up lime okra well, what is horseradish horseradish is like a root okay mm-hmm. yeah it's like they grow ginger there of course too turmeric so in, at the grocery store you get a bottle of 
pureed horseradish. That's mm-hmm. what you put on mm-hmm. different dishes. Mm-hmm. It comes from a root, mm-hmm. and she's freshly grating it on your thing. Yeah, but it's grated down to it gets kind of milky. Mm. You know, it's like it's like wet. Got it. I made mine a little Southern Texas because mm-hmm. I took the regional annual vegetables. I took some okra. I took some tomatoes. Yeah. I laid out a beautiful like greenery with a pretty greenery on top. And I flavored it up almost like I was making like a taco. And they were joking. They were like, yeah, you all you need is like a lettuce leaf. And then yours is like poke taco. And I was like, exactly. To understand the tradition of poke is a Hawaiian thing. And it was because it was easy and because they had access to fish and then they had the fresh fruits that they could put in if they wanted to make the ceviche it's like we Hawaiian made. It's a Hawaiian plowman's lunch. Oh my God, you're so right. That's exactly how he described it. After we finish this all up, you know, it's not a competition, although, yeah, we're showing off our plated <sighs> foods now. Now we're going to serve it up. He brings all the bowls over to the table. Which I guess He's is now also... nine bowls. Y'all each did three. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it was exactly. just the three of you. Yep. Yes, three, three of us of and the two of them. Wow. Yeah. He he's also over there. He cut up some star fruit and made this really special pickle star fruit, like made it right there. It's real delicious. And another version of Pokey where he adds in some of his own flavor, secrets, things that he didn't want to tell everybody about. That's funny. That was one of our meals of the time that we were there, but it was just this like God. amazing experience. And I promise you, I'm gonna do the comparable thing to Taft. Coastal, South Texas, regional, right here on Freedom Harvest Farms. Something like that for people to have that kind of interesting experience. And if you think about going back to the beginning where I said making your home someplace that you appreciate and you want to be at. Like, I'm going to go on a vacation. But then when I come home, my home is my home. It's my home. It's what I want to do. And you can take people on story tours. Story tours. The one thing I've learned traveling is you don't come back from experience days, seven days of experiences like that one without being a different person. Mm. Going there and seeing and thinking about how they manage food and the cost of food. And there are people that move to Kauai with a backpack on their back and they live on the beach. Our friend here, we bought some stuff from her, the Sun Sweetened Vegan. Right. Her and her partner, who's an artist... Right. have moved to Kauai to do this and they live on yeah. the beach and they eat vegan food. They probably eat some fish over there. They're, they're literally building the walls around them as they pick them up. You certainly can make a traveler experience that's affordable there. You certainly can make that work. If you can get there, you can afford to make sure you have food to eat, mm-hmm. but you have to do it local. And there's a community do it like doing the locals. it. Absolutely. That's 100%. the thing that makes it easy is that it has attracted a community of like-minded people so that that kind of travel is very, very simple. The beaches there are public. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So even if there's like a private piece of land, that private piece of land almost always has some sort of public access cut through. Even if it's just like a, like you have to literally climb down a rope down the side of a mountain to get to the beach on the other side over there, you can go on it if you choose to. And certainly they put up lots of danger signs around certain access points. But that's a, a huge part of the way it works over there. And so we're over there going to all these beaches and checking out. And then I start wondering, like, how do they handle things out here? How do they handle their waste out here? You know? Right. And what is it like out there? And then, of course, chickens are everywhere. And that's a part of, you know, the you, whole... You started having the general conversations that we have. <laughs> Yes. In a complete paradise. I think that we could do some unanswered questions about that kind of, how does the development of a piece of land like that work? You you think about the agriculture of it and you think about, you know, back on the homestead where it's like, well, this used to be a plantation, a papaya plantation. And the way that they've developed 
different types of growth out there. Okay, we've, we're going to have a major time change, so we have to rest. We have to get our groceries so that we can not spend all of our vacation money on extremely expensive foods and drinks. We want to feel good while we're out here. We're traveling to the different beaches. So you're in the northeast part, and you're in Hanalei Bay, which is one of my absolute favorite. It's a really great little touristy beach-type area. But it's not touristy like resort after resort after resort after resort. And Which then is like what my experience the Applebee's, was. like, yeah. you know, I don't know why you would eat Applebee's in Hawaii. No, but... if I remember Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville. Oh, I'll tell you exactly. Like right down the road from our place, there was a little section of kind of the touristy part. Mm-hmm. But there is this one little place I, call, I went to in the evening. I'd walk down there because we had a nice long sidewalk. It's called Java Java. To me, it looked like the perfect family Hawaiian vacation. Everybody would come out at sunset after they had their Mai Tai at the bar and they'd listen to the guy on the ukulele that was playing the live music to get their photos in front of the surfers that are on the sunset surfing out there. And they're all dressed in their Hawaiian shirts, Uh an American Hawaiian tourist vacation. But most of my vacation didn't look exactly like that. It was not. But it is the place where you do, where you get to do a lot of the kind of attractions, the outdoor activities. And the river connects with the bay right there. And the bay is a really nice place to do. That's where the sailboats come up. That's where they do a lot of surfing, a lot of kayaking and paddleboarding and all of that stuff. And you're on the beach right there, I imagine. Yeah. And then all the little town around it is all full up for the summertime because that's in their, their highest peak tourist season. And all the cool shops with all the bikinis and the sarongs Mm. and all the things you need. And then you rent your paddle boards and your snorkels. You said a river? Yes. And there's a pier. There's a very long, beautiful pier. meeting the ocean, Mm -hmm. the bay. Yep. And you can kayak up it if you want to. Exactly. Or paddleboard or whatever. Okay. And there's like a put-in place where you can put in like right at the river. Mm. Mom and Lily were hanging out on the beach a little bit. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And they were like, okay. I went started going all the way up the river and went as far up the river as I could, try to see if I could still pull off my headstand on the top of a paddleboard. Well, I saw you do that camping just the other weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a thing that I've, I'm constantly right. thinking about. Handstand a, on a paddleboard all around the world. It's a happening. Um, and finding my balance and learning the body wellness. I mean, think about everything I've said so far. Every piece of this has been about, you know, being strong and healthy and well, and you're out in the sun and you're in a bikini all day. And my God, everyone there is beautiful bodies. And I'm not just talking about because everyone there is traveling, but like the Hawaiians where we're at a birthday on the beach where the locals are beautiful. These beautiful bodies on paddle boards and surfboards everywhere we look. And they're all eating all of this fresh fruits. Kids walking around like gnawing on bananas and mangoes and little naked babies at the farmer's markets. Oh my God. Every little farmer's market, local farmer booth with their pineapples and their greens and their onions and their eggplants and then their little naked babies like running around at the feet of them it's like (laughs) with the chickens this life this homestead life on Kauai that people have figured out for themselves this is what we're looking at here in this space and getting the opportunity to interact in that but then paddleboarding is just one of my things that I love came back over to the beach and then I was like okay who's gonna go next you know and I got the feeling at that point that Neither one of them wanted to do anything by alone. Pairs was better. Sure. So like at one point later on, on another beach, 
my mom and Lillian went out and did some snorkeling and saw the turtles and saw the fish. So my mom suggested that Lily should go with me on the paddleboard, and we went. Right. And it's me paddling, and she was just riding. I've seen the and photos. It looks incredible. Yeah. And balancing on a paddleboard with someone else is a bit of a challenge. I mean, yes, the river was really nice and flat, so it was an easy place to do it mm -hmm. at. But you've got to be with somebody that can keep from tumping the board right. over while you stand up and paddle. That was perfect for Lily and I, that experience. And we were super quiet, and we just went up the river and just looked and watched and took pictures. And I paddled. And she rode, and you'd go around the bend, and you'd see the mountain. I feel amazing and healthy and strong. I've got my daughter on the paddleboard with me, and I'm looking at a mountain. I'm in Hawaii on a river. Like, what world? What planet? How did I get to the moon? That was one of the terms. <laughs> like, it's like going to the moon. But here I am on the moon. It was one of the coolest things. Now, here's another interesting experience. I had jumped off and swam, and I swam. I was okay to swam, swim the whole time. Thank God Deidre's good at doing colored hair because she made my hair color stick this time. And I'd been hanging my butt off because you go a long way. I mean, you're up the river two hours. And so you got to pee, drop your buns in the water. And you go, well, we're swimming along. And I look over and I point at these little trap things. And I go, oh, that's like the traps, maybe the trout traps. I don't know. And Lily, yeah, okay, yeah. And then all of a sudden we see a school of fish like jump out of the water on this flat river oh, something big is chasing them. <laughs> like, but so, it's fresh water, so it's not a shark. Fresh water. I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay. That makes me a little less brave to drop my butt in the... Piranhas most likely, if I had to guess. All of a sudden, something is coming at us. The water is so calm in this place that you can see the wake of a fish, a big fish coming at us. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but I broke my prescription sunglasses like right it. before we left. I Okay, let's push pause. I was so not concerned, but curious about how that was going to affect your whole trip. I just couldn't see. The idea that you break your prescription sunglasses, which I know that you need to see real well. Uh-huh, yeah. On the trip, on the airport? Before I even got on the plane to head God. out, I broke them. Have you made your eye appointment yet? No. Uh-huh. But I'm there with like sunglasses on, but I can't see. And I go, Lily, can you see that? And she's like, uh-huh. What the hell is that? And then all of a sudden, this big group of fish just jump out of the water right next to us. And I never actually saw the big fish, but it was like, holy crap, whatever that was, was very big. Lily, at this point, Lily is like full blown, like in like a position with her knees, like uh, her yeah. feet, like tucked up right. underneath her. She's like on the paddleboard. And if I'm supposed to dunk my butt <laughs> when I pee, I I'm guess I'm not peeing. I just pee on the paddleboard. I'll just sit here and sure. pee. On, yeah. Oh, she was super cool about it. We see a boat with a motor and Lily goes, oh, they're checking those traps over there. And I go, oh, I wonder what that fish was. I'm going to ask him. So we kind of like paddle closer towards him. And I'm like, hey, you guys, what are you pulling up over there? Oh, we're pulling up crab. And I was like, oh, crab traps. Okay, that's cool. I go, what swims in this? He named a couple things that I didn't really even know. And then he goes, and barracudas. That's what that was. Because it was a big freaking fish, man. It was insane. It was so much fun. And we got back down the river and then we started raining on us. So we were all running to the car. We threw our stuff in the car. We found the one restaurant that was still open. Ate another round of pokey and calamari and some more delicious seafood and that was our beautiful day at Hanalei and that was that was the first part of our trip was just this 
getting used to being on the island and what it's like to be as close to the local vibe as you can be as a tourist. You said something interesting. It's going to be difficult to have experiences like the ones that you've described Mm -hmm. every single day for eight or nine days and not be a different person. Oh, yeah. I learned a lot. I learned a lot on this trip, and I do. That's that's the way I am. I take vacation seriously. Like, it's, a, it's an important part of my life. Travel makes me a better person. And you want to immerse yourself uh-huh. in where you are and what they do. Yeah. My underlying desire that I've been calling out to the universe for as long as I can even remember calling out to the universe for a specific desire, it was to travel the world to talk about wellness and healthy lifestyle. At this point at age 43 and where I am and where we are in the transition stage of our life, where we are out here at the farm with the kids graduating and all the things that are going on in our life right now is understanding my purpose. And I truly believe that my life, Aislinn, this being, this one right here, this lifetime, the one I'm living right now, my purpose is to live a life that helps other people see freedom from illusion. Not talking about Oh, you have freedom as a choice. Oh, that's an illusion. Oh, that's not reality. Whatever other people see when I post out into the world what my world looks like, Mm -hmm. and they look at that and they get their version of what they see when they look at it, that's what they get. I can't do anything about that part of it. All I can do is understand that there's something about the core of me that wants to live and share wellness and healthy lifestyle and all of what I've seen as I've had the experiences of this lifetime, specifically now as it relates to an understanding of living the life of freedom from illusion. What does that look like? And what does that mean? And what does it look like when you go to somewhere else and you are present in all of what you want to live in wellness and in lifestyle? and in regeneration, and in body health, Mm -hmm. and in all the things that we talk about week after week after week. That's why so many people are going there and figuring out how to live there. Right. Is because it's become this collision of all of these philosophies. Mm -hmm. It's it's a blue zone. It's an island. A collision Mm -hmm. of geography. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Self-reliance. Yep. A respect for your land. A respect for the old... Aloha spirit. Mm, Using what you have. Yeah. Well. Next week, we're going to talk about going to the west side of the island. My brother's best friend, Matt, shows us around up in Waimea Canyon. He's a boat captain, guide, hunterman. This is what he does with his livelihood out there. And we'll tell you all about that next week. And you haven't talked about skydiving yet. I'm telling you right now, this was a transformational vacation. Kauai is one of those places for me that I look forward to what's coming next after this vacation. And I have so much more to share with you guys next week. Let's bring this episode home with our random question of the week. So now that you're home, this perfect question for you. Mm -hmm. What's one dish or meal that reminds you of home? Freedom Harvest Farms. Tacos. Any kind of tacos. I was about to make burgers. It's an easy switch to tacos. No, I got to tell you, the moment you said I'm going to make hamburgers tonight, I was like, oh, yeah, I like hamburgers too. So hamburgers is an American like staple. Like if you're not eating. But you were in America. Yeah, but that's a Hawaii America. That's a different place, man. 
I love Hawaii. I love Kauai, and I cannot wait to go there with you. It's coming up. I would follow you in the bikini pictures that you posted. I know, right? Anywhere. I know, right? Yeah. Well, you're going to have to get a little bit healthier because I'm going to take you all the way up to the top of the mountain. I'm not kidding. Season four, baby. That's right. I'm in Hawaii. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. (laughs) 